Carl, how are you? Hey, Sean, I'm doing great. I'm actually excited to be here. So, uh, yeah, I want to ask you, how are you doing? Living the dream. Sweet. So, Carl, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. You know, Sean, it's actually, uh, you know, it's interesting that I'm sitting next to a pharmacist because you know, I was actually a pharmacy technician from 16 to 19. That's how I got myself through school. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I used to count pills, and it was actually a decent way to you know pay through paper college. Uh, but uh, my background is I'm a nurse practitioner, been one since 1997. Prior to that, I uh, was working at the Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center in Seattle and uh, was working there as a nurse. I loved, actually, believe it or not, uh, I was the pharmacokinetic uh, research investigator or sub-investigator over there. So love numbers, love all the weird stuff as far as area under the curve. But uh, Anyhow, I went to graduate school at the University of Kentucky, and then upon completing that, came back to Wenatchee, started a career as a family practice, a uh, nurse practitioner, and then uh, did that with a, a big system there in Wenatchee, and then decided to leave and start uh, ReadyMedi Clinic. And really, it's evolved, and now uh, I'm doing family practice uh, in a very comprehensive, holistic, uh, functional way. Oh, wow. So when did Ready Money open? We opened, it was minutes. November of, oh, let's see, November of 2006. Wow. So I hear you're a DPC clinic. Um, tell me about this DPC. So DPC, DPC stands for Direct Primary Care, and really stumbled across that model back in, I want to say, 2013, 2014. And it's what I call primary care that makes sense. It's a common sense approach to taking care of 80 to 85, maybe up to 90% of what people need in every day in their primary care medical needs. Here you have what's called a DPC model. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yes, so 2013 stumbled across that whole concept of direct primary care. What is that? It's a membership-based model that, to me, makes common sense. It's a great way to take care of the primary care needs of people across the board, family practice, and we get to do it in a holistic, integrative, and functional way. I love it. In fact, I'm passionate about it. So direct primary care, membership model, I, I've heard the term concierge medicine. Um, how does that compare? I, I hear that you know concierge medicine is just for wealthy people. Tell me how direct primary care compares. So the concierge concept uh, is, is different and unique from the direct primary care model. Concierge really is designed for probably upper scale folks, uh, not, not entirely, but uh, you know, to give you an example, it might be 5,000 or 10,000 for the year to have the services of a doctor or a nurse practitioner for that entire year versus it could be 600 to maybe up to 1,000 for the entire year to have direct primary care services. So how does that break down per month for direct primary care fees? So uh, across the country, anywhere, the range uh, goes anywhere from 50 up to maybe 150 to $125 per month. Some direct primary care services, we do too, uh, break it down into maybe age groups. 
Okay, so you're telling me fifty to hundred dollars a month. Now, what would those services include? Well, those services, at least that we provide, can't speak for all direct primary care practices. Incidentally, I want to say that when we started this concept back in 2013 here in the in the Valley or North Central Washington area, we were one of 200 practices. And now, when I recently checked the what's called the DPC Mapper. There's well over 1,500 practices across the nation. So it is a groundswell that just continues to bloom across the country. I love it. So we'll talk a little bit about that later, why why you think that is. But in the meantime, tell me, um, you know, what what kind of services can you your clinic offer for the $50 to $100 a month? I mean, that almost sounds too good to be true. Well, we get to, let's see, that uh, means that folks get to come in, uh, whether it's uh, three times a year, six times a year, ten times a year, they're not paying any extra for that. They get uh, 24-7 access to us uh, via texting, via email, via video conferencing. They have access to uh, labs at a fraction of the cost, so we use... uh, some major labs uh, that uh, really have recognized the direct primary care model. And so to give you an example, a complete blood count uh, might be $4 versus uh, versus 45 or 50 elsewhere. So the price differential is significant. We also have an on-site pharmacy uh, that also provides uh, you know, common uh, medications. Let's say amoxicillin, a 10-day course might be $2 or $3 for that. Wow. So it almost sounds too good to be true. You're telling me 24-7 access for anywhere from 15 to, to or 50 to $100 a month, and I can contact you anytime I want if I was a member. That's correct? That, that's correct. In fact, uh, you know, I've got members from Stahican to Yakima, down to Portland, uh, really all over the state, and uh, they'll use our telemedicine services, or they're coming in to see a family, and they'll stop into the office and see us that way. Okay, so let's get back to, you're talking about the growth, it's, what is there, a five-time, a 500% growth in six years, you're telling me, of these DPC clinics, and I can tell you personally, coming from our pharmacy, um, we see a lot more of them every day, a lot of, a lot of people are, a lot of practitioners are leaving, you know, general type conventional medicine and going into um, clinics that are DPC. Um, or, you know, cash only, you know, where they don't bill insurance. So can you give me an explanation of why you think that is? I just have to say that uh, it comes down to that common sense approach to spending, spending time with the patient. It comes between the doctor, nurse practitioner, and the patient, not the patient, then the insurance company, then administrator, and then the doctor. You take all those things out. And so what I love about it, and I think what other practitioners across the nation love about it, is instead of a 10 to 12 minute window of opportunity trying to figure out what's going on with this patient, you have 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, or longer if necessary, to figure out, oh, how did you come to this? What is the root cause of what's taking place? It's, it's got quality. Quality right. care. That's amazing. That's good to hear. So you mentioned insurance. So we didn't really clarify this, but this DPC model, so you don't bill any insurance at your clinic? 
Uh, don't bill any insurance, uh, although we have lots of folks that have insurance and they just choose to use us and pay the membership model. Okay, so why would they choose to pay the membership model if they already have insurance? Uh, yes, it's about, uh, again, back to the quality of care services that we provide, the, the time spent. Yeah, so sometimes they have this insurance, but it doesn't really give them the quality that they need with the provider they already have that's covered through their insurance, so that's where you step in. Correct, okay. correct. So give me an example. So do you do you do sutures in your clinic? Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a great example. Let's see, it had someone that... Uh, Needed a few sutures, two or three, and in, in I think it was in their leg, and uh, they came in, and the cost of the suture kit uh, is all they paid for, which may have been twenty five dollars, and out the door they went. The reason I give up that I give that example, or I asked you about that, is because I had a friend recently that had to go to um, an urgent care walk in clinic, and to get sutured, he needed you know about ten stitches in his hand. And the bill ended up being over a thousand dollars. So easily, you're, yeah. So you're really telling me that this seventy-five dollar a month fee plus twenty-five dollars for for a suture kit would have been all that this person would have had to pay if they were at your clinic. That's that's correct. And they have twenty-four-seven access. That's correct. And in fact, I saw a little one for a ear infection last Saturday, and and the mom was like. No, no, this isn't real, is it? It's like, no, it's you're part of the membership. I'm just checking their ear, and, and, and fortunately, the little one didn't have an infection. But had she gone in to urgent care, probably that bill would have been close to 200 300 if not more. Yeah, and if she, she probably couldn't have gone in that day either, and there might have been a specialist involved and a lot of different red tape later on. So... It, it is almost too good to be true, and I think the reason it is is because we are so indoctrinated about how expensive healthcare is. And when we hear stories like this, we realize that if we shop around and do our due diligence, that healthcare doesn't have to be expensive. Is that what you're telling me? That is correct. Absolutely. Right. I mean, there's so many stories, Sean, I could... Uh, talk to you about it. Please share one with me. Share, share one where you had a great example of saving somebody a lot of time and a lot of money. So I had a patient uh, recently come in and uh, diagnosed her with a skin cancer and attempted uh, to get her into a local facility. And after two days, there were no phone calls, no return phone calls either to us or to the patient. So called a, a place in uh, Tri-Cities, they immediately got the patient in the next morning, got the skin cancer removed, and uh, the total cost of that visit for this patient, including the surgical removal, was about $900. Had she uh, done it locally and, and, and finally gotten in, the, the estimate was probably closer to 2400 Wow, so two and a half times. That, 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 that is impressive. So... Um, tell me, what if somebody is sitting at home and you know the patient, they're already a member of yours, um, tell me how you can communicate them by text and maybe even send a prescription. Am I right about that? Yes. So, uh, you know, that happens. Um, and, you know, we can uh, have a face-to-face -face, uh, good conversation and find out a lot about the patient. And it's, it's worked very well. 
Cool. That, that's wonderful. So what do you see as the future of your DPC clinic? More, more services or more patients or both? Or Yeah, I, I just see us expanding. I mean, I think, uh, you know, other services that we provide for folks uh, include, you know, EKG. Again, that's part of the services we do. We do also what's called a uh, aging and their health. Um, you know, so we use that as one tool among many. We do a little physical medicine as part of that uh, uh, direct primary care service. And, uh, you know, I just see us continuing to expand. I think uh, we're looking at uh, managing larger populations within companies. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great stuff coming out there, such as being able to reverse diabetes. And that is significant for a lot of these companies. That is that is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad that you're successful. I, I think DPC is really a future in in healthcare. I think that you guys offer a great service. So we are going to take a quick break. If you would like to be a part of the show, give us a call. Set 509-765-1470. Back with more health solutions from Sean and Janet Edom on AM 1470 KBSN. We were able to make some adjustments in her hormones and uh, migraines have gone away. Wow, that that that's an interesting story, and we do see that a lot. Um, you know, I know in our pharmacy we we specialize in what's called bioidentical hormone replacement, and it is just what it says. It is bio, meaning life, um, identical, so identical to what's in our body. It's not necessarily natural; is not necessarily a good term for for it because. There are certain things on the market. Um, people listening may have heard of it. Um, Premarin. Premarin is natural. Um, Premarin comes from pregnant mare's urine. That's where the name Premarin comes from. It is literally horse pee. I am just saying it. I'm not politically correct about it anymore. I tell doctors about it. I tell patients about it because that's exactly what it is. And I would not want my wife or my patients taking that if there's another option. So... Premarin is, of course, natural. It's natural to a horse, but it's not natural to us as humans. So that's what the difference between bioidentical is. So, And we, at our pharmacy, we've specialized in that for 25 years, 20 years now, and we have changed so many patients' lives. So, Carl, tell me a little bit about bioidentical um, hormones versus, you know, what you would say is traditional conventional hormone replacement. Oh, let's see. I, I would say just in my experience uh, with the patients I've worked with, uh, have uh, just seen um, qualitative changes and, uh, and uh, you know, folks um, appreciating the difference between bioidentical, you know, versus, uh, let's say, the, the pharmaceutical or maybe I'll term it synthetic uh, uh, brand of the uh, hormones that are out there, you know, they've been on that and then we switch them over and uh, not only just qualitatively do they feel better, but uh, we also see it in their numbers, you know, because I love to be able to track their numbers, make sure we're optimizing their hormones and we see a difference in that regard as well. So tell me a little bit about um, when you say numbers, are you talking about monitoring Hormone numbers? Are you talking about that? You know, these hormones affect different numbers in in their health, also. Right. So let's give an example of, you know, estradiol. There is actually um, some great uh, evidence out there that shows okay, there's optimal estradiol levels somewhere between that 
60 to 120. Again, it's since we're practicing more of an individualized and personalized medicine, 60 might be great for one person. It might be 80 for another uh, gal. What I've noticed uh, about estradiol in some of my patients, too, is uh, then we track other numbers. So, for example, we're monitoring for osteoporosis, and we can do that through either DEXA scan or we can do that through NTX, which is a blood serum level. And I've had cases where their number is, let's say, I'm going to say 20, and we need to see it less than 20 or less than 12, and we're giving them this estradiol, and then we're tracking this, you know, this osteoporosis blood marker or biomarker, and we're seeing it improve, which also means we're preventing them from having osteoporosis. That's one example. Another example would be... That's a good example. Um, Carl, it sounds like we have a caller on the phone. So let's take a caller. She's got a question for you. Vanessa from Southern California. How are you? Hello. Vanessa from California, how are you? All right, sounds like she is not there. We'll try to get reconnected with her. Okay, Carl, so go ahead. Well, so I was gonna give the other example. I was tracking uh, someone's cholesterol numbers recently and they just were someone that was not able to tolerate any kind of statin in any form for the various reasons and actually watch their cholesterol numbers come down uh, into you know what I would call the beautiful uh, looking range. They yeah. were great. Yeah. So you know, let's let's talk about women for a while when we talk about hormonal placement. Um, oh, it sounds like it sounds like we have her back. Vanessa from Southern California on the line. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Living the dream. So we have Carl with us today in this in the studio so what is your question hello can you hear me? i can hear you yes go ahead what is your question um i'm wondering can you tell me what the risk factors are with compounded bioidentical hormones in comparison to traditionally prescribed hormones Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. If you don't mind, I'm going to start, Carl, then I'll let you segue into that. So that is a wonderful question, and thank you for calling. So in in pharmacy school, I was traditionally taught with women that women, estrogen. So, And that's all we think about when we think of women is estrogen. So, And if we only think about estrogen when we think about women, then we will deny them testosterone. Yes, women have testosterone just like men, just not as much as we do. Um, and also progesterone. And I think progesterone is probably the most important of the hormones. I shouldn't say that because it's important to have an overall balance. Um, but I think when you look at traditional hormone replacement for women, like in pharmacy school, I just learned about estrogens. And if you look at a lot of the studies that talk about um, hormones causing problems for women, whether it be breast cancer, whether it be uterine cancer, most of those studies, or should I say all of those studies, I don't like using the word all because that's a very, very powerful term, but most of those studies use estrogen only and they do not use progesterone. 
Now, some people out there are listening to this. They may think, well, the WHI study did use progesterone in 2002. I'm getting a little bit scientific here, but I needed to defend this, this argument. So it did not use progesterone. It talked about synthetic progestins, medroxyprogesterone acetate, and it is not the same as progesterone. I teach my pharmacy students. I teach my patients. If there is one thing you can take away from this, from uh, hormone replacement therapy is progesterone does not equal medroxyprogesterone acetate. So if you look at all the studies, they were done with estrogen or estrogen and medroxyprogesterone acetate. And I'm using estrogen as a blanket term when there's actually three different estrogens in a woman's body, but we'll just, we'll just put them all in there as estrogen. So, and I believe if progesterone is giving, then it decreases a lot of the risk of the breast cancer and a lot of the risk of the uterine cancer. Now, I learned in pharmacy school, and one of the reasons why is because pharmacy schools are, you know, drug companies are big sponsors of pharmacy schools as they are for doctors. So we were taught in pharmacy school, if you don't have a uterus, you don't need progesterone. But when I think about that argument, I think, well, that's interesting because you know, that's the only hormone I know of that's a magic hormone that only works in one tissue in the body. So progesterone is important for your breast health, for your brain health, more than just for your uterine health. So I believe if hormones are balanced right and given bioidentical hormones in the right balance and the right doses, I believe it doesn't have the risk of breast cancer and uterine cancer like the traditional hormone replacement. Go, Carl. Well, thank you, Sean. That's a great, uh, great summary right there. And thank you, Vanessa, for calling in. And I think, uh, again, the, the biggest difference is separating out, you know, those molecular differences, estradiol versus the estrogen, which often gets confused as the Premarin or, you know, horse's pee. And, you know, I even hear that today in discussions I have with physicians that are bringing up estrogen and lumping that all in and saying, oh, look at the WHI, the Women's Health Initiative, you know, that it caused cancer. Uh, yes, if you're looking at, again, Premarin and the progestin or medroxyprogestin. So again, just as you sum, summed it up there, it's looking at two different things, but that's not how the community as a whole, even within the physician community, looks at it. That's right. And one thing that we, the thing we can take away from the WHI study, which let me clarify that in 2002, there was a women's health initiative, a big study that talked about hormones causing um, breast cancer and cardiovascular events, actually. So like heart attacks and strokes. But really all that study showed is that Premarin and medroxyprogesterone acetate causes that. It didn't say anything about estradiol or progesterone because it didn't, they didn't study that. And I believe if we more mimic how our body produces hormones and, and being bioidentical hormones in the right balance, I believe we can negate that risk. Well, I think uh, if you, if I recall, last week we talked about the estrogenicity of Premarin is seven to ten times the amount of the estradiol. Is that, is that correct? Well, Premarin, you know, I mean, that's kind of, it depends on the dose, but... You know, Premarin, let's face it, when we when we take a biological product, like when we're trying to isolate estrogens from horse urine, you know, we don't know all what's in there. We, you, you just can't because from each horse to each horse, it's going to vary. Mm -hmm. So they do standardize it to an estradiol um, ratio, 
but because there's so many other estrogens in there, we don't know all the influence of those estrogens. That's one of the issues. Now, that being said, because we don't know all what's in it, there will never, ever be a generic Premarin because if you can't copy something if you don't know what's in it. So the drug company loves it. Right. So tell me a compelling story of, of um, so Vanessa, does that answer your question? Okay, so thank you so much for calling in. If there's any other callers, open phone lines, 509-765-1470. Thank you, Vanessa. So, Carl, give me an example of a compelling story you have with hormone replacement. Hmm. Just one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have thousands of them, right? We get them every day. Yeah, so, go one, ahead. One compelling story. Well, you know, I certainly told you about uh, uh, the migraine. Uh, I, I think probably the biggest uh, change I've seen is female with polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, you know, commonly referred to as PCOS. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, and I've seen just dramatic changes in their lives. Uh, I've got one gal that, uh, my goodness, was spending two, three, sometimes four days in her bedroom, darkened room, her husband would have to come home, take care of the children during that time period. And now, as a result of balancing hormones, she has a life. Her husband comes in to see me now. He's so excited um, that his wife has a life. I mean, can you imagine having two, three, four days taken out of your life every single month for all these years? And all we did was just balance her hormones and bring, really, give her life back. And her kids have mom. That time period too. Yeah, that is incredible. And we have so many stories like that. We get um, calls from patients and talk to patients every day that think us for those things. I can think of a story, one of my most compelling stories, and it was a, it's a pretty simple one. It wasn't necessarily complete hormone balancing, um, but we fixed her issue with just a little bit of hormone cream. Um, she was an 89-year-old lady, and she was in um, Southern Washington and we ship prescriptions all over the Pacific Northwest. So she was, she finally found a urologist that would help her with her problems. And we made up a special estrogen vaginal cream for her. And she called us like a month later and told us that we saved her life. And I was just kind of in shock a little bit. It's our most popular prescription. We ship a lot of it all over. But she said she could actually drive across town now without wetting herself. So this woman had been to urologist and doctor after doctor after doctor for years. She's 89. And they had put her on many different medications to try to stop her urinary incontinence, which for those of you that don't know, that's basically you know, she couldn't hold her bladder anymore, which is not that uncommon. And unfortunately, you know, when doctors don't take the time or to either educate themselves or take the time to spend with the patient, they don't fix the problem. They treat the symptom. So that's why I appreciate people like yourself, Carl, that are actually fixing problems and not treating symptoms because, um, you know, this gal didn't have a lack of, you know, ditropan as a drug to help with her urinary incontinence. She didn't have estrogen anymore. So a little bit of estrogen cream in the vaginal area. And, you know, she's, she's not happened to, um, 
You know, she drive across town without without wetting herself. So I mean, that's a very a very very good story. Well, I think uh, you know that just uh, demonstrates the restoration, the quality of life issues. I mean, those are huge. Those for, are big. for sure. Yeah. And and you know what's unfortunate is what if that gal didn't find a physician that would actually fix that problem and treat that symptom? Most doctors are so scared of hormones, especially when women get older, and you know. You know, women don't have those kind of problems when they have hormones. So why shouldn't we keep giving them hormones? I mean, that's that's my whole argument because it is about quality of life. Great, great. And I've got plenty more stories. Oh, that's that's good. So we're going to take another quick commercial break. If you would like to join us, open phone lines 509-765-1470. Back with more health solutions with Sean and Janet Needham on AM 1470 KBSN. All right, here we are back on... AM 1470 KBSN. Welcome to um, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. In the studio with us today is Carl Lambert. And we just got done talking about hormones. And I I think I can share, I can safely say that he shares the same passion I do about hormone replacement. And we could easily talk about that for eight hours. So I am sure over the course of our shows over the next few weeks and months that we will definitely get into that subject again. So, but moving on, because um, Carl has some other things that I really like to get into that he does is genomic testing. Carl, tell us about genomic testing. Well, hold on, Sean, before we get into that. And that, that introduction music that comes in, you kind of just loosen up. I mean, that's really what helps you just kind of get into it. Yeah, I've been told that before. Okay. <laughs> so just enjoy the music. Yeah, absolutely. It only comes around once in a while, right? Right. Okay. So genomic testing. You know, there was a book I was reading recently called... Uh, Health and Wellness for You by Dr. Josh Luke, and uh, he's a former CEO of a major hospital system down in Southern California. And in, in this book, he talks about DPC, and that's really kind of the move forward for primary care. But he also talks about genomic testing. How am I doing that? Yes, I love it. So genomic testing allows us. You know, I've got a piece of paper here this is for our uh, audience that's out there on Facebook. Um, Hopefully you can see that, but I use a company called GX Sciences, and it allows us to personalize and individualize medicine. So, example, I've got a foundation wellness panel. I've got a neurological psych panel. So if you're someone that suffers from anxiety, depression, uh, some of those neurological issues or psych issues, genomic testing is basically DNA swabbing, where you take the inside uh, of the cheek and just do a little wipe, and then you send it off to the lab. And now what's happened in this world of genomic testing allows us to say, oh, for you personally, let's say I did one for you, Sean, uh, I would say, oh, these are the nutrients that you need to go along with whatever hopefully whole diet you're using. So it's using the concept of food as medicine. So I still teach and educate uh, how food is medicine, so we want to be putting good food in there. But we also live in this day and age where you simply cannot get the nutrients from all the foods that are out there. There's a great uh, nutritionist out that I consult, I consult with uh, frequently, but the nice thing about genomic testing is now we have the means based on good scientific evidence to say, oh, this is what you personally need, not what you know, Janet or everyone else needs, it's what you need. 
So kind of like personalized medicine. I mean, that's kind of I've heard, I've heard a lot about that, and I think I've heard you discuss it. But that's kind of the future of what people want. I think. Absolutely, it's it's what I want. I don't want to go in and see someone and say, well, here, I'm going to put you on this medication because a thousand other people are on this medication. I think you'll like it too. Right. I think that's, you know, if you look at mass market medicine, that's probably why a lot of people are gravitating towards, like what we were talking about earlier in the show, was DPC and the DPC clinics are growing because they want personalized service. Right, right. You know, I'll give you an example. Even I had a patient uh, that had come in to me and said, oh, my doctor just put me on Lipitor or Atorvastatin. I said, well, let's check your KIF6 gene and see if that's really what you need. And his KIF6 gene sent it off to the lab, came back a week later, and he's one of the 45% that just simply will not have any benefit from being on Atorvastatin, Lipitor, probably most other statins, but specifically to the Atorvastatin. Showed him the one six gene, the studies behind it, and was able to take them off and put them on something else along with diet and exercise to help kind of manage and control what's going on with him. So, just to clear that up for our listeners and viewers, um, atorvastatin or Lipitor is for cholesterol. And as you know, there's a lot, of, as you may know, there's a lot of people on that. And there's more to the picture than just cholesterol. So, Speaking of that, let's go into, I know that you've done some special testing on cardiovascular risk models and different um, size particles of cholesterol, and can you, can you go into that a little bit? So, uh, referring to like uh, biomarkers for preventing cardiovascular disease? Correct. Stroke, okay. So, no, I've um, done a lot of studying under uh, Dale Donine, Dr. Dale, the cardiologist, Dr. Donine is a doctoral nurse practitioner out of Spokane. Their work is truly phenomenal. When I took the course back in 2012, 2013, it was another paradigm shift for me in terms of preventing cardiovascular disease, preventing stroke, heart attack. So I follow inflammatory biomarkers in my patients, sometimes even as frequently as once a month. And I'll give you an example of uh, what's called microalbumin-creatin ratio, so if you're measuring amount of protein in the urine. And the cutoff might be, I'm going to say the cutoff is 30, but really for men it's 3.9, for women it's 7.4, and this is based on a great Framingham heart study that was done, I can't remember which year that was, mm-hmm. but you know, well-known study. And so I will follow my men and make sure they're under 3.9 as long as they are great. Um, but I'm going to give an example of my um, older brother lives in Spokane. And uh, last uh, October, uh, he had a stent placed in his uh, Widowmaker. If you lose the Widowmaker, you will die. Um, and so fortunately, he's doing well. But I said, hey, can I just see your labs from that physical you had back in September? and a big system that he goes to there in Spokane. His biomarker for that microcreatin ratio was 305. Now keep in mind, for men, it needs to be less than 3.9. Above that number, your risk triples for some kind of cardiovascular event. I asked him, so did you hear anything from your doctor? No, just uh, got my, all my labs and said, see you again next year. I don't blame the doctor he works with. Again, the part of that system where it's get him in in 10 to 12 minutes, uh, and then 
the physician probably got a pile of labs on their desk and just moved them on out and you know, send them to the patients. Tell them we'll see them again next year. So he's an example of, I want to see that microbial creatinine ratio consistently less than 3.9, and if it isn't, then it tells me, oh, there's inflammation, let's find out where that inflammation is. And I'll put an analogy of, it's like fire in the arteries. We want to put the fire out in whatever way we need to. And you're saying that there's more to put the fire out of the arteries than just taking Lipitor or Etorvastatin. Exactly. Exactly. So was this, so with this microalbumin ratio, if you see this early, is this something that could prevent a cardiovascular problem? So, yeah, it's one of the baseline tests, and we're talking, Sean, I think it's like $20, so it's a very inexpensive test to do. And if we see that it's inflamed, then yes, we go searching for where is the inflammation. Um, keep in mind, there's um, thousands of miles of arterial lining. I want to say 60,000 miles is enough to you know, lay out six tennis you know, post-MI. His number was elevated, so I said, okay, what else is going on? You're on all, all these you know, medications that should be lowering your inflammation. And in this case, he said, oh, I've had an abscess in my left upper you know, molar. Okay, this is where dentistry comes into cardiovascular prevention too. Sent him off to the dentist. Sure enough, he had an abscess. Dentist took care of that. And I said, okay, now that's cleared up. Let's come back. Let's repeat that same test. It was 3.2. Wow, all from a, all from an abscess tooth, basically. Right. Low causing inflammation. So I have seen, there's a lot of studies showing the link of oral health and cardiovascular health. I, I wasn't ready to talk about that, but I do find that, you know, very interesting. So, um, so give us another example of, a, you know, can you talk about like apolipoprotein A and B? Can you talk on that at all when it comes to cholesterol markers and the small particles of cholesterol versus just looking at your total cholesterol? Right. So it really comes down to, you know, the best test is not just your standard lipid, but looking at the, the nomenclature, the, the actual size of the various particles and tracking those numbers and making sure those numbers are responding to the various therapy or various modalities you're putting folks on. Again, nutrition, exercise. Um, let me talk about specifically lipoprotein A. That's a defect on genetic six. And the treatment for that is not statins, is not exercise. The itself can be good because it's supposed to go around and deliver nutrients at the cellular level and it starts it all over again. But you want to make sure that you have, I use the term fluffy, beachy ball, cholesterol that's doing all those wonderful things as opposed to bullet-sized cholesterol or a poor-functioning cholesterol that might cause inflammation to the inner lining of the vessels. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you bring a good point. I mean, cholesterol is... It is how we how all sex hormones are made. So hormones like estradiol, progesterone, testosterone are made from cholesterol. So cholesterol is villainized, like you say, but without cholesterol, we will die. Cholesterol is it can be is is very important. So you actually can't have too lower cholesterol. So it is important to 
know the complete picture of what's going on in your body. And cholesterol is just part of the picture when it comes to cardiovascular risk. There's a lot of other things going on. So that's why it's important to go to the right person to get tested and also know how to interpret those tests. And it's more than just just taking a medication to, to lower your cholesterol, that's for sure. So what else can you tell us about genomic testing in about 20 seconds here? Oh, genomic testing. Wow. I just uh, saw a seven-year-old hyperactivity, anger issues, and uh, now after doing some genomic testing on that, able to implement a nutritional program to really help reduce some of those symptoms. Love it. ADD. I um, ADD, to, uh, nutrition to treat ADD. I love it. Our, our uh, We have a caller that's listening that, that will probably like that. So, all right, we got to take a quick commercial break. Um, we will be back in a few minutes. We are broadcasting live in the AM 1470 KBSN studio. Um, open phone lines, 509-765-1470. We are streaming on Facebook and YouTube um, live. We are having some issues there, so we are doing our best, and we will get better every week. So wrapping this up, Carl, um, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. We, we, we really enjoyed your information and um, very, very helpful. Love learning from you. So I guess in closing, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Well, the best way is they can call our main number, which is 509-888-6334, or our website is The Ready Medi Clinic, and that's spelled R-E-D-I-M-E-D-I Clinic, The Ready Medi Clinic. Wonderful. So we are live on the air, open phone lines, 509-765-1470. Feel free to call in with any questions. Um, we are going to wrap up today's show with a little story. You said you had a, a great story on um, bionic hormones. So give us another one, Carl. Well, let's see. I, I would say, uh, you know, again, just a number of stories, but uh, an 80-year-old uh, uh, woman who just was begging and pleading for her doctor to put her on hormones and went on those and uh, is now, uh, as a result, now saying, no more to some of her medications, her pain medications. She's having more energy, um, just loves it. She's loving life. I love those kind of stories. That's one thing that we do at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy is we try to balance patients' hormones. And as we do that, they can get off a lot of medications sometimes. And, you know, I know it's kind of weird coming from a pharmacist, but um, my wonderful wife, Janet, who is a producer in the studio here with me today, she is, you know, we don't really believe in medication for long-term treatment of a lot of diseases. So we believe in hormone balancing and lifestyle um, lifestyle treatment. So we love it. And um, thank you so much for being on the show, Carl. Again, we are live on uh, Sean Needham's Facebook and Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy's YouTube and um, the KBSN 1470 AM and we have a wonderful show for you next week. Um, a guest um, that's running for insurance commissioner, Anthony Welty. Stay tuned next week, Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. Thank you so much for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham.